You know, Scripture is, is filled with some other skeptics as well. And today's passage focuses on the Pharisees and their questioning of Jesus and his testimony. Their skepticism of the truth in Jesus' testimony. But before we get to that passage, I, I want to set it up so we don't have to read multiple chapters this morning. Uh, so we're only we're going to stick to like 12 verses or 8 verses this morning. But I want to give you kind of a history here of what's, what else has happened. Last week we talked about how Jesus identified himself as the bread of life. And then after he identified himself as the bread of life, he, he went on to go and begin teaching during one of the festivals, one of the celebrations, the, the Feast of Tabernacles. And this, this feast really related to the harvest. It was, a, it was at the harvest time, and they recognized the things that God provided to produce that harvest, which there are two things that they celebrated mostly. One was water. And the other was the light, the, the water that nourishes and the light that nourishes the crops and the things that they were growing. And so much was made of this water and light during this celebration. So there's no mistake, really, of what Jesus does. In chapter 7, he says this, whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Taking this image of, of what the crops needed to grow and flourish and recognizing that there is a spiritual water that is within us. When we believe in Christ, one that will cause us to spiritually grow and be nourished. A never-ending stream of water. It won't be like those streams that dry up or those rains that somehow go away and turn into drought. And the Pharisees, while this is going on, they're not very happy about it. And so they begin to try and capture Jesus. But they sent some temple guards to go get Jesus, and the temple guards go there, and they listen to Jesus, and they don't take him. They just come back and say, we've never heard anybody teach this way. And it infuriates more the Pharisees, except for one. One, one man named Nicodemus, who Jesus had met under the cover of night earlier, he said, well, do we condemn someone without actually hearing from them? Which the Pharisees, the other Pharisees, didn't really like what Nicodemus was saying. So they worked to find a way to question Jesus. And so that brings us to where we're going to read the passage today. It'll be in those black Bibles, page 8. 68, John chapter 8, 8 verses from verse 12 through verse 20. 
When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The Pharisees challenged him. Here you are, appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. Jesus answered, even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid. For I know where I came from and where I am going. But you have no idea where I come from or where I am going. You judge me by human standards. I pass judgment on no one. But if I do judge, my decisions are true because I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. In your own law, it is written that the testimony of two witnesses is true. I am the one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the Father who sent me. And they asked him, where is your father? You do not know me or my father, Jesus replied. If you knew me, you would know my father also. He spoke these words while teaching in the temple courts, near the place where the offerings were put. Yet no one seized him because his hour had not yet come. Now here during this celebration of the harvest, the Feast of Tabernacles, Jesus has said living springs of water will flow through you if you believe in him. And now he speaks again and he says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Israel, Israel had an, a spiritual understanding of the use of light. And, and when, when they understood, or how they understood light in the spiritual sense, they would use it to remember the past. But it would also use it to Look forward to the future. When they thought about the future, they thought about the words of Zechariah. And Zechariah would talk about the day of the Lord coming, a day of the Lord when it arrived. There would be no more darkness. There would be light even in the evening. At the Feast of Tabernacles, they would remember looking forward to that light. But they would also remember the pillar of light from their past. After the people of Israel left Egypt, being guided across the Red Sea by the way of Moses and the power of God, they encountered the power of God leading them, a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. God's light. In the sense 
seen as fire, giving light and sight that peered into the darkness. Perhaps giving people warmth on cold desert nights. Perhaps giving people security of being able to see. The illuminating path of God showing them where to go. To remember these things, they had developed this elaborate lighting ceremony. They had multiple pillars. Really kind of lampstands, 75 feet tall. On the top of them, they would have these large basins and, and the people would, would gather 10 gallons worth of oil to put in each of these basins. And they would, they would light each of these pillars. And there's uh, some Jewish writings called the Mishnah. And the Mishnah says that every courtyard in Jerusalem was illuminated by these pillars of light. It was the light that peered into the dark corners of Jerusalem so that all may remember the light of God and that the light that God Himself had provided. could imagine it, Jesus in the midst of this festival, speaking of himself as the light of the world. The Pharisees see that there's something at stake with what Jesus is saying. Jesus' claim was certain. He didn't say, I am a light within Jerusalem. He didn't say, I am a light of the world. He said, I am the light of the world. The only light of the world. He takes that spiritual understanding of light and brings it home, so to speak. Because they had an understanding of someone called the bringer of light. It would be rooted right in ancient Judaism. The, the prophets would speak of the, the bringers of life, of, of light, and this light of Christ was not something that the Pharisees had in mind, and it wasn't necessarily good news for Israel because it meant that they had failed their own vocation of being the light of the world. In Isaiah 49, this is what the prophet has to say about Israel. He says, is it too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore the tribes of Jacob and to bring back those of Israel that I have kept? I 
will also make you a light for the Gentiles that my salvation may reach the ends of the earth. It was Israel who was to be the light of the world, the light to the Gentiles, a salvation that would include not just the Jewish people, but all the people on the face of the earth. And Jesus, by saying, I am the light of the world, is in turn saying, you have failed. Israel's light, it was dim. They're living out the way God had designed them to live. Well, it didn't seem to go well. They were failing to point people to God. They were failing to bless the nations. Darkness, you could say, was creeping in and around the hearts of the people of Israel. And soon, the failure of some of them would be to snuff out the light that is Christ. Or at least that they believed that they were going to be snuffing out the light that was Christ. What we find here is that Jesus, He was ready for whatever was going to come His way because He is the true light that is ready to wage war and battle against the darkness and the dark forces of the world. And I think sometimes maybe we're invited and maybe this is one of those opportunities for people who claim Christ as their Savior to wonder we think about us having the same vocation as the people of Israel to be maybe many lights here in the world, it makes us wonder, are we snuffing out the light at times through our own skepticism regarding how God works in this world? Are we joining with the Pharisees in, in their skepticism when we hear truth? See, the Pharisees, they challenged him. Here you're appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. They wanted to put Jesus on trial. Their claim is, you don't have a valid testimony. There is no other witness that is willing to speak to the truth of your claim. You can't give testimony on your own behalf. You need another witness. And yet Jesus goes on to say that he has one. And it's his father, not Joseph, his other father. The same father that the Pharisees knew from what we would call the Old Testament. But it wouldn't just be necessarily the Old Testament that would testify to who Christ is. 
want you to recall that Pharisee named Nicodemus once again. You know, he, I had mentioned he had met Jesus earlier. It would be in chapter 3 of the book of John. The first thing that Nicodemus says to Jesus, we know you are a teacher that has come from God. For no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. There was one Pharisee, one among all of them, that knew where Jesus came from, you could say. The other Pharisees say, where is your father? And Jesus says, well, you would know him, but you don't. Except Nicodemus knew who his father was. It was testified by the work and the signs that Jesus himself was doing among the people. Nicodemus perhaps knew that It was Jesus who was doing exactly what the Father, exactly what God wanted him to do. In essence, Jesus was saying that he was the anointed one of God, sent by the Father to do his work here in the world. Jesus, the pillar of light provided by the Father for the people. Just like the same pillar of light provided by God in Exodus. Like other pillars, Jesus, His light would peer into the darkness. Cast away all the darkness by His light. Jesus would be that Messiah that was going to restore the kingdom of God to what it was meant to be. Conquering evil and taking away the darkness of sin. If you feel maybe that the light has gone out, if you feel like there are portions of your life where you're seemingly living in the dark, we see that the way out of the darkness is the invitation from the light of Christ. That all who believe in Him would experience His light. But there's kind of a problem with the light of Christ. That's because his light is not always easy. If you've ever had someone come into your room while you're sleeping and throw on the lights, you know that sometimes there could be pain when light encounters you. Perhaps it, it startles you. And when we invite His light into our life, He begins to shine it onto the dark corners 
the dark rooms in our life. And that's where you could say Jesus himself begins to take us to court. Hoping that we would hear his word, the word that he speaks to us, the judgment he makes about ourselves and our life, and that we, we would trust his word and discern his word to be truth in our life. That's maybe where our skepticism to the truth comes in. Sometimes we want to sidestep the words that he says to us. Because we've, we've grown accustomed to. We've gotten used to those dark corners of our life where the sin in our life hides. Sometimes perhaps we feel like that darkness is a friend that we need to keep around. I think it's I think it's why we come up with phrases when someone maybe acts out of ordinary or, or acts in a way that, well, maybe it's not super godly, but we say things like, I mean, but he's always been that way. But the truth of the matter is when the light of Christ enters our life, even if we've always been that way, the light of Christ peers into that darkness and says, you don't have to stay that way. The light of Christ peers in and says, I have something so much better for you. I have a life that says you don't need to stay that way. You don't have to be consistently rude. You don't have to struggle with an angry spirit in your mind. You don't have to have that shame of darkness in the corner. You don't have to let that bitterness rage in yourself. You don't have to stay that way. You just have to believe in me and let my light in. Because Jesus is the light of the world. He, he comes in and, and gives us fulfillment forgiveness for whatever that may be. And He gives us the Spirit that we would never be the same. 
that our lives, instead of filled with dark corners, would be filled with the light of Christ and the power of the Spirit. Jesus, He knows it might be hard and it, and it might hurt and it might take some time But He's always going to give us the power to get through it. Because it's the light of the world that brings rescue for all people who believe in Him. It's the light of all the world that brings salvation for those who call on His name. It's the light of the world that brings hope. Hope that we don't have to keep that darkness inside of us if we give it over to Him. And He wants us all to experience that. Because He came that we would experience life to the full. Not a, not a part of life, not an okay life, not a life that'll just get you by, but a life that is lived to the full in the fullness of Christ. And he asks us when we invite that light in, that then that we would live that light out in our daily life. That we would then carry His light into the dark corners of the world. The corners of the world that need the light of Christ and the truth of Christ. The corners of the world that need God's justice, God's mercy, God's peace, God's presence. That's what he calls us to. When we accept him and believe in him as the light of the world. Let's pray together. Father, when we acknowledge Jesus as the light of the world, it's not always easy and we need your strength. There seem to be so many times, Lord, where the darkness of sin or the, the dark one comes to try to attack the light, to tempt us to live differently than what you call us to.
Grant us your spirit that we may truly live out the light of Christ. That we may truly be empowered by the spirit to let go of those dark places. And that you would hold us strong when the darkness attacks us. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.